now batting for the Cubs corner, the host, Anthony Pasquale. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Cubs Corner. My name is Anthony Pasquale, and as always, this episode is brought to you by Coach's Bar and Grill. Coach's is located over at 6169 North, Northwest Highway on the northwest side of Chicago. As businesses keep starting to ramp back open and get in the swing of the summer, make sure you guys go over to Coach's, get yourself a nice burger, enjoy a Cubs game, what have you. It's a great time, great food, great ownership over there, so make sure you get to Coach's. On this episode, we bring back our AL insider, AL expert, Robert Fiorante, because the Cubs have a bit of a swing in the AL Central coming up. Bob, thanks for coming on the show, man. Yeah, great to be here. Thanks for having me. Um, before we get to that, I'd just like to mention a little bit of a surprise early on in the MLB season with the Red Sox best record. Um, that AL East is packed. The Giants playing real good baseball, so a little bit of a surprise for a couple of teams, but it's been a great season early on. Yeah, it certainly has been a really good season so far. Like you said, Red Sox lead all of baseball with their 22-14 and 14 record. Um, the Yankees, Rays, Blue Jays, and Orioles follow there. In the AL Central, uh, a nice week from the Sox. A 7-3 and three last 10 games have them in first with the Indians in second, Royals third, Twins fourth, and Tigers fifth. In the AL West, it's the A's, Mariners, Astros, Rangers, and Angels. I think it's fair to say... The Angels have the two most valuable players in the entire league, yet are in last place, wouldn't you say? I would definitely say. Um, like we talked about before, um, I like Shohei's chances for the MVP. I like Trout, always like his chances for the MVP. But it's just that starting pitching besides Shohei that needs to get rolling a little bit. Um, Andrew Heaney and the, and the fellas need to really ramp it up for, because you know, Rendon's coming back, that offense will pick up. Um, Jared Walsh in place of Pujols, always like that guy. He's hitting over 300. So they have the offensive firepower by far. Um, they bolstered that bullpen a little bit, but Quintana hasn't been great for them. If they can get any pitching at all, um, they're a threat for sure. Yeah, absolutely. You look at the A's, 21-15, and 15, really strong record from them leading the AL West. Some big surprises in the American League. I would say, obviously, the Angels struggling the way they are. The Twins, eight games below 500, is also probably a surprise on the negative part. And then I think the Sox and the Mariners both being pretty good so far. And Sox, I mean Red Sox, that's a bit of a surprise. Yeah, you look at the Twins, um, Byron Buxton going down is not going to do them any favors. He's been, he was easily their MVP early on, does it with each side. Um, great on defense, one of the best center fielders in the league, and he's been hitting outstanding, but he'll be down a few weeks. So that does them no favors whatsoever. Um, but for the Twins, it's been the bullpen. They're blowing a lot of games, the 8th, ninth. The, I think I saw an extra innings. They're either 0-7 or 0-8. They've been terrible in extra innings. Um, and obviously, you got to win a couple of those. The bullpen has not come through. Um, we saw the Sox, I mean, saw the Mariners early in the year. They're not bad. I think we took two out of three from them. But, we, uh, but I thought, at least after playing them, they could win a few games. Um, the AL West is up for grabs, so I think they could hang around for a while. I can't see them winning it, but yeah, like you said, they're playing some really good ball right now, and the Red Sox just mash. Um, the pitching's been better than expected, but that offense is just one guy after another. Bogarts, Devers, J.D. Martinez, um, I mean, Verdugo from the Dodgers, they just, uh, they're just mashing, so it's hard to beat them when they put eight, nine runs up. Yeah, and this comes a year after trading away Mookie Betts and trading away Andrew Benintendi, but the Red Sox have kind of found their rhythm 
Uh, we take a look at the National League now. The NL East, pretty much up for grabs. Three and a half games separating the entire division. The Mets have played less games because they had a COVID spell, but they're currently in first, uh, followed by the Phillies, the Braves, the Marlins, and then the Nationals. I could see this division going all sorts of ways as the season unfolds. Yeah, it's a lot of mediocrity early on. Um, I still, I, I know you like the Braves. Um, I'm kind of liking the Braves just because of experience the last couple of years they've been there. The Phillies, Hector Neris can't close a window. He's been brutal in the back end. It's been a problem for them for years now. Um, they got the talent, but they just, I don't, the bullpen just can't do it. Um, the Mets, you know, I like as well, but Frankie Lindor has been struggling. They're still, I think, in first place, he said. Um, so I like their chances to Grom, hopefully. He won't be out too long, but it could be anyone's game, really. I, I can't see the Marlins coming in first, even with the talent, the young talent that they have, um, but it really is anybody's game. A lot of mediocrity early on, though. Yeah, certainly. You look at the NL Central, which we'll get into a little bit more later. Cardinals currently lead it 21-14 and 14 is their record. Nolan Arenado and Paul Goldschmidt really carrying the load in that lineup. The Brewers behind some nice starting pitching, 19-16, and 16, then the Cubs at 500. They're in third, followed by the Reds, and then the Pirates. Um, not a real surprise once you get towards the bottom of that division. The biggest surprise, though, in the National League is that Giants, with the best record in the league, tied with the Cardinals, 21-14. and 14. Padres in second. The Dodgers are in third in the NL West, whom the Cubs swept last week. And then the Diamondbacks and the Rockies round out that division. Yeah, the Giants, I've watched a couple games from them lately on MLB Network. They're playing those 9.30 p.m.s. They're a good baseball team. Uh, they got a little – the starting pitching with Gausman and Alex Wood and guys like that has been real good. A um, lot of surprising years from some veteran starters that didn't work out so well elsewhere. Um, but the veterans on offense, Posey's back. He's hitting over 400. Um, you got guys like Brandon Crawford, Brandon Belt, world champions a couple times. Um, they're really getting it done. And then the role players are coming through. I can't see them winning the division, but right now I wouldn't want to play the Giants. They're they're coached pretty well with Kapler. Um, they're winning close. They're winning. They're scoring a lot of runs a couple games. So um, I can't see it holding up. But the Dodgers are really struggling. Um, but I still think it's their division to lose with all that talent. Yeah, me too. Discofani is another one of those pitchers that you know didn't work too re- well. I think with the Reds, but now he's pitching great in San Fran. So we'll certainly keep an eye on that. We'll shift gears into the Cubs here, focus in a little bit more. Like I said, 17-17. and Been a little bit up and down for them, um, but they did have a nice series against the Reds and then swept the Dodgers, including a double uh, double header uh, sweep. Two of those games went to extra innings, and the Cubs walked them off. It's it's always good when you beat the reigning champs, but especially when you get their best in Kershaw, Bueller, Bauer three games in a row. Yeah, that's the most impressive thing about it was that it was Kershaw, Bauer, and Bueller three in a row. It's just a great series. The Cubs executed late. Um, they really did. The Dodgers are really struggling, um, but nothing to take away from the Cubs that series. You know that Clubhouse had to feel good um, with that sweep, and then it was nice to get the Pirates after, take two out of three, so five out of six um, in, that, in those two series. Great stretch for the Cubs. Um, they're playing around 500, and if they keep that up, they'll definitely be around for a while as the summer gets going. Yeah, absolutely. In May, the Cubs have played eight games, won six of them, and lost two of them by just one run. So they've been playing in a lot of close ball games. The offense finally getting going. And this week, they have two off days. One was yesterday, and one is on Thursday. 
and they've got an AL Central schedule on the load. They've got the Indians for two today and tomorrow, and then the Detroit Tigers, who many expect to be the worst team in the league this season, over the weekend. So, Bob, you've seen both of these teams quite a bit watching your Sox play as of late. What's a little scouting report on the Indians' offense? Yeah, the Sox, like you said, have seen a lot of Cleveland early on. The offense is um, no doubt about it, the weakness of the team, especially Roberto Perez is down now, the catcher. Um, he's a great defensive catcher. He's got a little pop in that bat, too, sometimes, um, but he's down. So there's one guy in the lineup you got to look out for. It's Jose Ramirez, switch hitter. Um, I said he hits more singles, doubles, line drives from the right side. Left side, he's got a lot more power. Um, if you can keep him down, you keep Cleveland down. He's the guy in the lineup. Fran Mil Reyes has got a little bit of pop. Um, at the DH spot, it is in Cleveland, right? So he, I think he'll be out there um, as the DH. He, he's got some pop. He's been, he's hitting for a pretty good average too, which I was a little bit surprised with early on. The pop hasn't completely come yet. Uh, he's just a good hitter all around. Um, they, they have a couple pesky guys too, Cesar Hernandez at the top of the lineup. But I mean, all in all, if you keep Jose Ramirez down, you beat Cleveland. All right, so that's kind of the way to tackle the offense. I know. They've been struggling quite a bit offensively. Didn't you say, or I believe I think I might have seen a tweet about it, um, two no-hitters against Cleveland? Yeah, it's been twice, and it's both been with Zach Plesak on the mound. Um, I can see them getting hit, no-hit actually, another time this year. It just seems like a team with not a lot of names that you know. Um, they got guys like Yu Chang playing first base. They're not getting a lot of production out of first base at all. So if Jose Ramirez is off for a day, um, you, you're just going to keep him down. It's That's just kind of how it goes. They got guys like Jake Bowers from Tampa, just not guys that have established themselves um, in the majors. Josh Naylor's the guy they got from San Diego. Um, he's been pretty good. He's a left-handed hitter. He, I would say he's one of the guys where his offense is better than his defense. He's an outfielder. Um, he's someone to watch out for, too, I guess, a little bit. Um, but overall... It's just been a lot of guys that pop out, strike out, um, not a lot of guys that do a lot with the bat. So I, I'm not surprised that they got no hit twice. Yeah, and you look at this Cubs team heading to Cleveland to take on the Indians. You know, a little bit of injuries. Uh, Ian Happ is on the designated, or excuse me, the injured list. Um, Nico Horner's on the injured list. Jake Arrieta, Austin Romine, uh, Rowan Wick, Dan Winkler. Um, Javier Baez has a stiff back. Mariznick just got um, a hamstring pull, and Hayward got pulled out of their last game with an injury. So they're a little bit thin, um, and, and it's not going to get too easy going up against the pitching that Cleveland has, especially today as they take on Shane Bieber, reigning Cy Young Award winner in the American League, with Adbert Alzali on the mound for the Cubs. Yeah, you, you talk about that pitching. It's easily the strength of Cleveland. Um, Terry Francona manages that bullpen well. They want to beat you three to two, three to one, two to one. Um, low scoring games, a lot of unders in the Cleveland games. That's that's really what they want to do to you. The Sox have played Bieber twice this year. One of the times, I feel like they came in with the game the game plan of let's work the count, let's get this guy out of here. And I kind of liked that early on, but then I think he went six, six with like 105 pitches, and they turn it over that bullpen that it's just dominant so far um they like brian shaw in the seventh karen check in the eighth and emmanuel class a in the ninth their closer 
I'm here to rough outing last time, but they if they get through six, they are tough to beat with the way Terry manages that bullpen. Um, I know that was our plan going in, and it did not work well. I think we got shut out that day, maybe one run. Um, but through six, they are tough to beat with the way that they manage that bullpen. All right, so the key to beating the Indians is jumping on them early is what I'm hearing? I think so. I think be aggressive. Um, I don't think that's what we did against Bieber. Um, Bieber kind of pitches backwards. He likes to. He really likes to use that curveball and slider. Um, probably like I'd say like sixty percent of the time in the first in early in the at bat, which you don't see all that much. Um, you see a lot of fastballs early with guys like Degrom, say, and other people. Um, but not Bieber. I feel like Bieber likes to strike you out, especially when he's got guys on base. Um, he's the amount of guys we've stranded on base with Bieber pitching, it really gets frustrating. Um, he, he leans heavily on that slider, um, and he'll punch you out, and you feel like you you did something if you get a base hit, and then you realize it just doesn't do much because then he'll strike out the next three or something like that after two base hits. So I would try to jump on him early. Um, I think that's the key to beating him, getting a couple runs and then facing that lineup. Um, is probably the way to do it. All right, so that's the recipe against Bieber. How about tomorrow's game? It'll be Zach Davies on the mound for the Cubs after, according to MLB.com, after having five straight starts where he didn't get into the fifth inning. Davies bounced back with a nice seven-inning outing against the Pirates this past week, leading the Cubs to a win. They'll be up against Sam Hentges, if I'm pronouncing that right. He'll be on the mound for the Indians. Yeah, I believe that that sounds right. We we faced him once in, in a little bit of a blowout. I think he's a rookie. Um, it was the first time any of us, uh, any of our guys, have ever faced him. He's a lefty, throws pretty hard. He's got a nasty curveball. Um, I think Jose Abreu went deep on him, but other than that, I think he struck out the side. Um, he's got nasty stuff. I didn't know that they were going to put him in the rotation. Um, I'm not sure how deep he could really go, um, but he's got real good stuff. He's a young pitcher, so again, um, put a little pressure on him, and I think that that's way to go all right certainly something to keep your eye on in this series then over the weekend it's the cubs heading to detroit to take on the tigers got any uh little scouting report on detroit as the the cubs will head to comerica yeah i got one uh one thing to say about detroit they are far and away the worst team in the mlb um they're just they're brutal um they have a couple guys in the lineup i know you know candelario pretty well he was a former cub um, Miguel Cabrera could still hit a little bit. Um, you don't want to mess around with him. And then Jonathan Scope, who's pretty much a vet in the MLB, is pretty good. He can he can swing it a little bit. But other than other than that, the pitching's not been great this year. They got a lot of Casey Mize. Um, the I think he was the first overall pick a couple of years ago. He's in the rotation. Um, but rotation and bullpen is really the way you get you get Detroit. Um, I think seven to eight runs a game they could easily give up. I would not be surprised. That lineup's not terrible. They got a couple guys who could hit, like I said, but it's the pitching that's really. I think what do they got? Like eight or nine wins all year. Um, I think no doubt about it. Oh, they got they're up to ten, ten and twenty four. Um, but yeah, it's the pitching that you get Detroit on. They just don't have it right now. It's not their year. And if they don't end up last in the MLB, I would be surprised. All righty, so definitely a team that the Cubs would like to take advantage of, even though they are a little bit injured. I'd imagine Contreras gets a start behind the plate. Uh, probably Rizzo at first, Bodie at second, maybe Ildemaro Vargas at short, um, probably Matt Duffy at third, and then Bryant in the outfield, um, Peterson probably in the outfield, and maybe uh, Nick Martini gets a start with everybody else injured because Jake Marisnik, Jason Hayward are likely not going to play. 
Ian Happ and Horner on the designated or the injured list. Um, and then, of course, Javier Baez with the stiff back might be the designated hitter today because you got an extra guy to fill in the lineup. But with a thin bench against Shane Bieber, it, it's a tough game looking like for the Cubs. Yeah, it's a tough. It's always nice to have that extra hitter, though, let the pitcher rest a little bit. How about Matt Duffy this year? I know he's he's the reason Chris Bryant's shifting a lot. Um, how do you feel about that with Chris Bryant's great numbers this year, having him kind of shift all over the diamond? Yeah, he Matt hasn't. Duffy's emergence. It, it's, it's incredible because Bryant hasn't played third base, his actual position, since April 20th. So it's been almost a month of outfield and first base for Bryant. Um, and he's still hitting over 300, leads the team in homers, um, on base percentage, all of that. So he's having a great year, pretty much out of position. And then Matt Duffy, Eric Sogard, Bodie, they've all been kind of getting their starts at second and third and sometimes short with Baez being dinged up. But for Ross to have that versatility from Bryant and allowing a guy like Matt Duffy to get into the lineup a little bit more, it's paid dividends. You know, as soon as Duffy and then before Horner got hurt, when he came up, that's finally when the offense started clicking once those guys were in the lineup every day. And now, over the last, I think, 10 or 12 days, the Cubs are putting up runs with the Red Sox near the tops in the MLB after starting historically bad offensively. So it's been a nice turnaround, and I think Brian's versatility and also MVP caliber bat has been a big reason why. Yeah, for sure. No doubt about it. Matt Duffy deserves to be in the lineup every day, and if, if Chris Bryant's got the versatility, you got to do it. And I'll ask you a Sox question since we have you on here. Despite the injuries that you guys have had, I know um, Aloy Jimenez and um, Lewis Robert, the most recent ones, um, but there there have been a lot, especially to that outfield. I feel like every other day someone's getting dinged up out there. How have you guys been able to start playing your best ball even without your best players? Yeah, it's been tough out there. Top four outfielders in the depth chart um, are down now. Aloy and Luis are down long-term. Adam Engel has not played yet this year. Um, Adam Eaton's banged up as well, so we're really paper-thin out there. Andrew Vaughn, who we thought would be the DH um, with the emergence of your mean Mercedes, he's been able to, to plug in in left field, and he's actually been great out there. I thought he would struggle a little bit. He'd be like Aloy out there, um, not really there for the, uh, for, the, for the glove. He's more there for the bat, but he's been great out there. Um, Billy Hamilton has stepped in as a replacement. Don't really like to see that guy get too many at-bats because he, he doesn't do too much. Um, but if we could just use him to pinch run uh, maybe in the seventh and then play three innings in the outfield, love to see that, especially if you got a lead. Um, and then they've thrown Danny Mendick in right field. He's an infielder on um, his whole career, shortstop and second base. But they, they kind of plugged him in right field with Adam Eaton going down a little bit and facing a couple lefties. Um He's been all right, but, like, I wouldn't want to see a late game come down to, like, a tough play in right field or left field for that matter. So we haven't really had to deal with it yet because um, you're plugging guys in there who you want the bat of and you're hoping that they could do it with the glove. But no doubt about it, the main reason that we are in first place right now is the starting pitching. Um, they just played two in Cincinnati and three in Kansas City all on the road. And didn't the starters didn't give up an earned run, a run at all until Sunday, the last game of the road trip. So the starting wow. pitching has been phenomenal. Um, four games in a row. Giolito's actually been the worst starter, I would say, by far this year for the Sox. Obviously, Rodon with the no-hitter. His ERA's still .5-something. Lance Lynn's been great. Um, Dylan Cease is pitching the best he has. So it's been the starters 
the bullpen's been good, not great so far, but no doubt about it, we wouldn't be where we were without the starters. Got it. So led primarily by the starting rotation, similar to that Indians team that we're going to see Cubs fans in just a couple of hours. Bob, you talked a little bit about Albert Pujols getting let go by the Angels. What's your take on that? You think his career's done? Obviously one of the best hitters probably of all time, definitely of this generation. I think you and I both agree he's ticketed to the Hall of Fame no matter what happens these last couple of um, half seasons or seasons left in his career. You think a reunion with Tony La Russa on the south side might be imminent or maybe back to St. Louis, or is this it for Albert? Yeah, I know Tony wants him real bad, but, we, I mean, there's just nowhere to put him. Um, you're mean at DH. Other guy, we, we have a lot of guys that don't play great defense and can kind of hit. That's um, Jose, obviously, is locking down first base, so he can't play there. Um, you're mean at DH. He can't play there. So there's just Tony already said there's no fit here, um, although he would love to do it. Um, I hope it's not over for him. I, I don't blame the Angels at all for what they did. Like I said, Jerry Walsh has been playing great. He is the first baseman of the future, um, no doubt about it. I kind of like – I definitely think it will be an American League team that picks him up. American League team or the Cardinals that pick him up, I would say. Um, I could see the Royals. We just played a series with them. Jorge Soler has been playing a lot of right field, and then they don't really have a DH. So if Jorge is going to keep playing right field, I could definitely see a veteran presence in that young locker room of Kansas City. Um, Mike Matheny is their head coach. I'm not positive that he coached Albert, but obviously um, the St. Louis connection. Other than that, I don't see him going anywhere else besides Kansas City or St. Louis. Um, but hopefully one of those two teams picks him up. Yeah, I was just going to say that's another potential connection dating back to St. Louis um, because I'm looking it up right now. I'm not positive, but I think Albert's second World Series um, was Matheny's first with St. Louis. So I think they that did, right. they did win. Right. I think the David Freeze one was with Matheny, and Albert was still on that team. So definitely a connection, connection there too. So Royals, Cardinals, Sox are probably the three most likely just based off of uh, connections for a guy who's played – almost 20 years and already has all the accolades and numbers. You're not bringing him in for, you know, anything on the field. It's more leadership and, and sending him off the right way. Absolutely. I, you'd love to see it. Um, you don't want to see him go out getting DFA because you know how I feel about Albert. I think he's, I think he's one of the best players of all time. Um, with what he did in that 10-year stretch, it's right up there with Mike Trout's 10-year stretch. Might be better. Um, it, it's it, Yeah, it could be better. So I, I really hope somebody gives him a shot. I don't think he would play beyond this year. I think it would just be this year and then call it a career. Um, but for the last few months, get him get him a couple ABs in the summer and let him go out the right way. Yeah, let him get to the All-Star game, get some last hacks, uh, a nice send-off. I, I think he, he's definitely earned it. Yeah, no doubt about it. Even if it's a team like, I don't know, Colorado or somebody who, who won't be great down the stretch, just get him on some, get him on a club. Yeah, I'm with you there. Well, Cubs play the Indians today in Cleveland. We know it happened a few times ago when this team went to Cleveland. They always say the greatest game ever played was on a Wednesday night in Cleveland. So this should be a fun series against the Indians. Cubs play them tonight and tomorrow, get a day off Thursday, and then head to Detroit for the weekend. Bob, thanks so much for coming on the show. Next time we got an AL opponent, we'll make sure to get you back on. 
Yeah, anytime, brother. Thanks for having me. All right. Um, Go beat up on the AL Central this week. Yeah, we'll do it for you guys. That'll do it for this edition of the Cubs Corner. Thank you all for listening. As always, episode is brought to you by Coach's Bar and Grill and available on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and the Cubs HQ website. But for now, thank you all for coming to the Cubs Corner.